Praise the Lord. If you want to grab your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Give honor to our pastors, not able to be here tonight. I'm going to bring forth the word. The word of God is powerful. Amen. If we listen to it and let it get into our heart, it can do a great work in our lives. You believe that? I know you do because that's why you're here on Bible study night. To believe in the power of the Word of God, give honor to Bishop who just dedicated his life to teaching the Word, and we still have him teaching on Sunday mornings, and we're so appreciative of that. Just appreciative for the Word of God today. Just was really uh, speaking to me, and God will help us in all things, amen, if we just allow him. You know, everybody says they want the Lord to speak to them. Well, just read the Word of God. The Lord will speak to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Because it's alive. Amen. Stand with me, why won't you, in uh, Hebrews chapter 13, 1 through 6. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for whereby some have entertained angels unawares. You ever had that before? Where you feel like, I might have entertained an angel before somewhere, amen. They left and it hits you later, a little bit later. That's why you need to be nice to everybody. That'd be pretty bad if we got were rude to somebody and it was an angel. We found out it was an angel. That'd be embarrassing, amen, when you got to heaven. So be nice to everybody, amen. Remember them that are in bonds. Thankful for the prison ministry as bound with them. And them which suffer adversity, as being yourselves also in the body. Amen. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Verse 5, let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what men shall do unto me. Can we say that together? The Lord is my helper. Now it says that we may boldly say that. So kind of lift your fist up and say, the Lord is my helper. And you got to lift your fist and lift your voice. And one more time, the Lord is my helper. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> Someone that gives assistance is a helper. Amen. <clears throat> but as we look into the worldly help, self-help books, you can learn all different things. You can read about how to stop being negative, how to stop being angry, how, how to stop being mean. And you can get a self-help book on the, the art of letting go or retrain your brain. I looked up some of these before. I've never read these, but how to better your relationships, how to make your business better, how to overcome depression, fear, alcohol, and the list goes on and on and on. There's a lot of things out there that want to help us, amen, to grow. And I'm not against any of these things. I have read one or two books over my lifetime. Uh, but <clears throat> they're there for a purpose and to help us. But I'm talking about a God that can help you in anything. Amen? A God that can help you in anything. And not only can he help you. He's able. I said he's able. He can do anything. Look at your neighbor and say, I believe it. You believe the stories in the Word of God? The unbelievable stories in the Word of God? You believe those? Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they're going to get thrown in the fiery furnace, and the, the king didn't really want to. And he says, I'll give you one more chance. And they said, you know, our God, he says, they're not, they're not going to be able to deliver you. Your God's not going to be able to deliver you from this fiery furnace. And he says, they just said, well, our God is able. And if he doesn't, we're still going to be delivered from you. 
our God is able. I said, our God is able. I want to remind somebody tonight <clears throat> that the Lord is your helper. Nothing, there's other things that can assist you, but there's nothing that's going to assist you like God. Nothing will be able to do for you like God can do for you. The Lord is our helper. The other definition as I was reading this was the one about uh, a locomotive is called a helper if it's attached to another locomotive train. It's called a helper. And I thought about that song, that little childhood story, the engine that could. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Amen. And that's a good story for some kids and to have them to have some optimism in their life. I can do this. I'm able to do this. Amen. But God wants to be your helper. Amen. <clears throat> in verse 5 and 6, it says, let your conversation, and that doesn't necessarily mean like we, we say we're having a conversation with somebody, but it means the conduct, your conduct, or your way of life. Actually, it means like your character. It should be, you need to have this character like God has a character. Amen. James 1.17 tells us every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the fathers of life in whom is no variableness. He doesn't, there's no shadow of turning with him. You know, we all have this turn in our lives. Sometimes we say, well, he has a odd turn or something like that. It means that conduct or way of life. And we need to be like the Lord where there's no variableness. There is in us because we're not perfect, but God wants to help us to have the right conduct and the way of life. Amen. Verse 1 says, our life is, should be characterized by these things. Brotherly love. We need to love our brothers and to love our sisters. We need to have compassion. When you look into the Word of God and, and Jesus, when he helped people, a lot of times it was, and he had compassion on them. Do we really have compassion on others? Do we have love for our brothers and our sisters? And the other thing it says we need to have love for our strangers in verse, for strangers in verse 2, and we talked about that a little bit. But even those that we don't know, just strangers on the street, we don't know what they're going through. And sometimes when people are rude to my wife and I in, a, in line or something, or if we're going through the drive-thru or even at a restaurant, we'll just look at ourselves and try to encourage ourselves or comfort ourselves, say, well, we don't know what they're going through. And you don't. And especially if they don't have the Lord, I'd be grumpy without the Lord. Amen. Especially during Christmas, I would be grumpy. But I have the Lord, so I'm jolly during Christmas. I love Christmas. Celebrate the birth of our Savior. Amen? Amen. Verse 3 talked about the prisoners. We need to have love for the prisoners. And then in verse 4, we need to have love for one's spouse. Amen? <clears throat> It says, let your conversation, let your way of life be without covetousness. So we should have this love for others, our brothers, our strangers, those that are in prison, our spouses. But don't be covetous. And that just simply means not greedy for filthy lucre or fond of money. That's the definition of covetousness. Luke 16, verse 13 says, no, master, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, we know that we all have to have money, right? Money is what pays the bills. So. But we have some, a lot of examples in the Word of God, and Jesus talked in his parables a lot about money. So it does affect our lives, amen? It affects our walk with the Lord. 
for example, when we look into the Word, we see the example of the rich young ruler, right? He, he was, had all this money and everything, but he was a good man, and, and Jesus looked at him and said, well, one thing that you lack, one thing you lack, think about that, one thing this guy lacked. He did everything right, but one thing he lacked, and that was he needed to go sell all of his goods and come and follow me. Give to the poor and come and follow me. Think about the invitation, right? There was people that wanted to follow Jesus, and he told them, no, you go home and don't come, you know, don't go home and tell of the good things God's done for you. But here the invitation was to this rich young ruler to come and follow me. And the Bible says that he went away sorrowfully, for he was very rich. But he was told to get rid of it all. Amen. But when we read about Zacchaeus and He's the one that climbed up in the sycamore tree, right, to see the Lord. He had a desire. Zacchaeus said, you know, Jesus said, I'm going to your house today, Zacchaeus. And he said, oh, yeah, all right, that's what I want. And he said, I'm going to sell half my goods. I'm going to give to the poor. And Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. Amen. So it wasn't the amount of the money, and it's what the money had possession of the individual. How much does your money possess you? And I want to just make it a little broader term here, and we're talking about can't serve the Lord or the world, worldly things, not just in money, but the worldly things that we struggle against. Amen. He said, but don't have this covetousness and be content, it says, through the idea of raising a banner by definition. You raise, you have to raise up a banner against all the outside stuff and you're content where where you are and with what God has given you. Paul said in Philippians, <clears throat> we all quote this verse, it says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, right? But it's in the reference of 11 and 12. And he said, I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I've put up this barrier, and whatever state I find myself in, I'm going to be content. I'm not going to complain, bellyache, cry, throw myself around. I'm going to be content. He said, I both, Paul said, I know both how to be abased. And I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. But he was saying, be content to ward off the desires of this life. We are in constant battle for this. We're in constant battle between the flesh and the spirit. Amen? You feel it? Amen. The closer you get to God, the more you feel the battle. Amen. I've found it to be so. People, we've heard a lot of time new convert, uh, new um, converts say that you know it seems like, you know, since I got in church and I'm trying to live for God, things are getting harder. Well, that's the battle. That's the battle. That's the warfare. But the Lord is my helper. Hallelujah. We are in this constant battle between the flesh and the spirit. God is trying to move us and to use us, amen. And we, every day when we get up, we need to pick up that cross and follow him, amen. That's what Matthew told, uh, told us in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come, let him Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. So we see that in the Word of God, and we know, yes, in Christ there is life. We have this life in Christ, right? But it's such a battle for us to deny ourselves. We think, and it's that battle between the flesh and the spirit, he says that whosoever shall lose his life 
is going to find it when we give it to the Lord. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall man give in exchange for his soul? We have to realize that the main goal, hallelujah, is the salvation of this old soul. And we are in this, robed in this old flesh. Amen. And until God comes and takes us home and our bodies are transformed, amen, we're always going to be in the flesh. But we can overcome it because the Lord is our helper. What are we going to give in exchange for our soul? We have some questions that are asked to us through the Word of God, some that we need to sit down and contemplate and think within ourselves What's really important in my life? What is it that I'm living for? Amen. We get so caught up in the stress and all the stuff in the life and everything, and we just trying to get by in the daily life. But God wants us to slow down long enough to contemplate on the fact that he is our helper. He will move on our behalf. The Son of Man shall come in the glory of the Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. It's going to be worth the fight, folks. It's going to be worth the fight. So that's what Hebrews 13, 5, and 6 is really saying. It says, don't let your life just be caught up in all the worldly things. Raise up this barrier that you're content in whatever situation you, and you realize that the Lord is always with us. And the Lord is our helper. Because that's the promise that we have through this scripture. Is that I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. You believe that? Have you been through times when you've wondered about that? I can remember driving down the road to work many a time saying, God, where are you at? You know, do you see where I'm at? <laughs> Do you see this need right here? Do you see, where are you at, Lord? Even though we know there's sometimes in our lives because we are in this flesh, we need to remind ourselves that he's never going to leave us and he's never going to forsake us. Deuteronomy 31, 7, Moses called Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage. For thou must go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Amen? So we know that the Old Testament is just a, Example to us, it's our schoolmaster, so we can apply this to our lives that God's going to be with us. He's given this, this great kingdom of God, and he says, go in and possess the things that I have for you, amen? And he says, he's going to be with us, he's going to go before us, and he's already been there behind us. Isn't that interesting that the God, God can be both at the beginning and at the end at the same time? We just get kind of lost in between. That's why we need to grasp onto the Lord and to realize that he is my helper. Hallelujah. He's going to help me. Joshua 1 verse 5 says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto thy fathers to give them. Amen. God has given us this great promise of his spirit. Amen. And he says, go in and possess it, for the promise is unto you and to your children, to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And that's our mission, is to take this message of the outpouring of God's spirit, which is Christ in us. Hallelujah the hope of glory. And when we're doing that, you can be assured that God is with us. My youngest granddaughter, was, who's four years old, she was learning Psalms 100, and last night she recited it 
to us, and I was already thinking about this message, but it just kind of spoke to me as she was reciting this. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. The simplicity of this scripture and how it's so familiar to us, it's easy for us to lose the fact that it has a great message in it. Amen? Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. Amen? Turn to somebody and just remind them, the Lord is God. Jesus is God. That seems elementary, doesn't it? But know ye that the Lord, he is God. And it is he that hath made us, hallelujah, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Amen. Even the psalmist wrote about the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not be in need. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Do you believe God's with you? Do you really believe it? I'm speaking to somebody tonight that's had doubting whether God's lost their zip code or not. Amen. They're wondering whether he has or not. God is with us. He's made us. He's our Lord. He's our shepherd. And he uses the illustration of sheep. And sheep are just really dumb animals, they say. They're just weak, no defense within themselves. They have no way to fight back. Then they just wander off. They need a shepherd. And that's what we're considered as, just these lost little sheep. Amen? But thank God we have a shepherd that is able, hallelujah, to help us. Amen? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all. Everybody say all generations. That means us. His mercy is everlasting. That means us. Hallelujah. Where can we go from thy spirit, O Lord? Psalm 139. Or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be a light about me. Even when you're in your darkest hour, I want you to know that God can make it like a light about you. Yea, darkness hideth not from thee. Darkness doesn't hide from our God, but the night shineth as the day. Amen. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. God is with you in your darkest trial. And it's not dark for him. He knows it all. He has all things in his power. It's if we could see the light that he has on us, amen. If we could see what he is trying to produce in us as we go through the test, we could boldly say, hallelujah, boldly, because we know this, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Everybody say that with me. The Lord is my helper. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, for we have not a high priest, speaking of Jesus, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under this throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. Grace to help. He's our helper in the time of need. Amen. Could you just lift your hands to him for a minute and just say, Lord, thank you that you're always there helping me. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. You're our helper. God, you never leave us. You never forsake us. You're going with us to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. Let us be strong. Let us be bold. Hallelujah. Let us take courage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. It says in there, I will not fear what men can do unto me. I will not fear. Jesus can turn it around for you. Jesus can turn around your life and your situation. Even when my faith is weak, he can turn it around. And I've read this scripture, used it for the last couple times that I've talked to because it just keeps speaking to me and I just keep coming back to it. But it says, one in the multitude said, Master, I brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Whethersoever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth at his mouth, he gnashes with his teeth, pineth away. I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And Jesus answers this in verse 19 of Mark chapter 9. <clears throat> Jesus answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, fell on the ground, wallowed foaming. He asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft times it cast him into the fire and also into the waters to destroy him. Think about that. Tries to destroy him through the fire. Tries to replicate what God wants to do for us. He wants to throw us into the fire. But it's the Holy Ghost fire. Hallelujah. He wants to try to drown him in the water. But Jesus wants us to go into baptism. Covenant with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He tries to destroy him though. If thou canst do anything. Have compassion on us. There's our word compassion. And help us. And Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe faith, if thou canst believe all things, everybody say all things, are possible to him that believeth. <clears throat> God can turn your situation around in a minute, in a moment. If you came here tonight with a problem and a situation facing you, I want you to know that God can turn it around in a minute, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Amen. And I thought, you know, that's, I feel like that's how at least I am. And I think we all are that way. We all believe. We all have faith. But there's sometimes we just... I don't know if it's going to work for this situation. This might be too big. Because of the pressures and all the things that are around us, they said all things are possible if we can believe. But also in this, I, I just thought, you know, you don't have to have total faith. Amen? Because he said, help my unbelief. So there was a part of him that didn't, didn't have the faith, you know, help me there. And Jesus healed the boy, regardless. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. We sing that little song, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. Hallelujah. Amen. Just use what you got because we have a helper. We have a helper. His name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So Jesus healed him took him by the hand, lifting him up, he arose. And when they were come to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? And he said, this kind cometh forth but by nothing but by prayer and fasting. <clears throat> so there is a little bit of part that we need to do on this, and it's something we can all do, and that's pray. And fasting is just another form of pushing away all the natural things of this life. Amen. Prayer and fasting. Sometimes our prayers are delayed. 
In Mark chapter 5, verse 22, it says, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and he, when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Amen. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come, lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. He was desperate. This man's daughter, 12-year-old daughter, was dying, and he was desperate. And he came and he fell down at Jesus' feet. How desperate are we for God to move? How desperate are you for God to move in your situation? God is moved by those things that seek after him. He's a rewarder of those that will diligently seek after him. He's moved by faith and those that just reach out. And he said, <clears throat> he besought him to come, lay his hands on him. And Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman with an issue of blood 12 years had suffered many things by physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. And when she had heard Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt her body that, in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in him that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, Lord, you see the multitude thronging thee and Thou sayest, who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came, fell down before him, told him all the truth. And he said, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in, go in peace and be, and be whole of thy plague. <clears throat> but here's Jairus, right? He's desperate for the Lord to come and touch his daughter. And they're going there. They're on their way. Things are looking good. He's coming. Yeah, man, he's probably feeling good in himself. The Lord's coming. All of a sudden, there's this side attraction that comes and hinders what his mission is. And we don't, we don't get a whole lot of narrative on that you know we don't get any narrative on it that I know of but I'm imagining he's pretty perturbed he's wanting to get on come on we need to go on we need to get there this is a desperate thing as a matter of fact as they were going one of the people from the house came they said thy daughter is dead why troublest thou the master any further and as Jesus heard the word that was spoken he said unto the ruler of the synagogue be not afraid only believe. Keep on believing. It may look like you've made your petition. Others are getting blessed. Others are getting healed. And you still haven't received what you believe God has promised you. Keep on believing. Be not afraid. Only believe. The whole word of God is given to us with examples of just those very things. When you look at David on his way to the throne, it wasn't a quick trip. You look at Joseph and how he had his dream and all the different things that he had went through. But the message is clear that God has not forgotten you. Amen. You believe you're a child of God? You believe God loves you? He has not forgotten you? He knows where you are. Hallelujah. Amen. God's a good God. <clears throat> Even when we don't deserve it, God is our helper. Amen. Hosea 13, 9, he's speaking to Israel. Thou hast destroyed thyself. That's what he told him. He said, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. Hallelujah. I don't care what kind of mistake you've made. I don't care if you think that you've made a mess of your life. In him is your help. 
Hallelujah. His mercies are everlasting. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 15, we all know it well about the prodigal. But it said, and when he came to himself, he'd left the father's house. When he came to himself, we can get so engulfed in the problem, in the situation, in the trouble, in the trial, in ourselves, that we're not ourselves. And we need to get down. That's why you need to get in prayer. Maybe you need to do some fasting to push away from the worldly things so that you can come to yourself. He said, how many hired servants in my father's house had bread enough to spare, and I perished with hunger? He said, I will rise, go to my father, and I'll say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He arose, he did that, and when he was a great way off, the father saw him. Hallelujah. The father was waiting for him, and he had compassion. There's our word, compassion, hallelujah. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said, I've sinned against heaven in thy sight, no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to the servants, bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, bring forth the fatted calf, kill it. Let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The first thing we have to do is to recognize our need of him. We have to come to ourselves. Amen. We have to come to ourselves. Amen. Where are you tonight, prodigal? Amen. Are you a prodigal son? Are you lost in the house? You know how easy that is to do? We can put on the facade. Nobody really knows, but God knows. And I just say this, the Father is waiting for you. He doesn't just want to make you, put you over here in the corner, over the side. He wants to restore you to your position. He wants to bring you back. We have a hard time asking for help. He even said, he said, maybe I can just be his servant. Maybe I can just, you know, hang around at the house. At least I'll get a little bit of food. I read somewhere on why we have troubles asking for help. And this is what it said in its narrative. It says, the power shift that a help request might generate that might generates makes us uneasy consequently we would rather carry the burden of our problems alone the power shift and I thought that's exactly right when we look into these different examples these people came they fell at their feet they were done with their own abilities they were done with their own attempts They had relinquished all will. Amen. We have to be able to make the power shift. It's the power of kingdoms. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, or my will be done. And it's a battle. It's a warfare. It's something that we need to daily take before the Lord. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done done. Amen. Make that power shift from us to God. To give it all, turn it all over to the Lord. Hallelujah. Because if not, we'll carry that burden alone. Remember that old song, I must tell Jesus? Remember that? Wish I was a singer, I'd sing it. I cannot carry these burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. Amen. That's the truth. We've got to let him. We cannot carry this burden by ourselves. Neither do we have to. Neither does God want us to. 
Amen. We think we've got ourselves in this situation. We need to get ourselves out of it. But the Lord, hallelujah, is our helper. Psalms chapter 30 and verse number 10 says, Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned my mourning into dancing, and thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. He wants to turn the situation around. Amen. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Hallelujah. He wants to turn your mourning into dancing. Amen. Because the Lord is our helper. Amen. And when we begin to worship God and to praise God and we see people that are really demonstrative in their praise, a lot of times it's because you don't know what God's done for them in their lives. And the more that God does for you, the more you want to worship him and the more you want to praise him because he's done so much for me. Amen. He's filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. Amen. He's healed my body. That's what he's done for me. He delivered me from alcohol. That's what he's done for me. Amen. And you can insert, fill it in the blank, but God has done something for you in your life before. Hallelujah. And that's why we worship him and glorify him and to magnify him because we know that if he's done it before, he can do it again. Amen. Psalms 116, verse 6, the Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low, and he helped me. Sometimes we need to realize that we are just nothing without him. We cannot do it without him. Amen? And the lower you're brought sometimes, the more you're able to see your need of God. And that's when we can thank God. Thank you for that trial. Thank you for that situation. Thank you for what I'm going through because I know that it's made me stronger in my faith and in my love for you. But why don't we ask him for help? God wants to help us. Luke chapter 11, verse 9, it says, I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given unto you. Ask, ask. Seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. He goes on to say, If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will you give him a stone? No, we wouldn't do that. Or if we ask a fish, we give him a serpent. If we ask for an egg, will we offer him a scorpion? He said, we're evil, basically, we're evil, and we, have, we know how to give good gifts to our children, right? We know the right thing to do. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? We know how to give gifts to our children, and every good gift, hallelujah, comes down from the Father of life. He knows how to take care of us. He knows the direction he wants us to go. But we just need to have that power shift. Amen. That power shift from my will to your will. Amen. Seems pretty simple, doesn't it? It's easy to say. The old saying, it's easier said than done. That old power shift to get. We want that. We have that mentality of I'll go it alone. Right? Right? And so he has to bring us to that place to where we realize that I can't do it without him. Amen. God loves us. He desires for each to help each and every one of us. But sometimes we just have to allow him to help us on his terms. Amen. We want help, but we want it on our terms. We think we have every situation, every problem already figured out. We've already determined the end of what should happen. But God knows the end from the beginning. And he's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. He wants to be your helper. 
Amen. Let's all stand tonight. I finished a little early tonight, so I'd just like to invite everybody that would to come up to the front. And let's just take it to the Lord tonight. Let's allow that power shift to to happen. Say, Lord, it doesn't matter what I go through. It doesn't matter what direction you want me to go. I know you're my helper. Hallelujah. And you have the best. We all say the Lord's way is the best way, right? But none of us want to live that way sometimes. We want our way. wonder if we just could come tonight and just say, Lord, not my will, but thy will, thy kingdom come, Lord. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Lord. <clears throat> we understand, God, that our thoughts are not your thoughts and our ways are not your ways. And Jesus, we humbly submit to you. We bow down to you, O oh Lord, to your will. God, we're praying that you would move in our situation. And I don't know who's here tonight, O oh God, that needs you to move miraculously in their situation. But I want to remind them tonight, oh God, let them be reminded by you through the Spirit, oh God, that you are the helper. Hallelujah. You can do all things exceeding and abundantly above all that we're able to ask or even think. God, we love you. We glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise your name. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We need you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We glorify you. You are the mighty God. Hallelujah. Move, O oh Lord, like only you can move. Touch every heart. Amen, amen. I wonder if men with men and women with women but just lay your hands on someone and just pray for them and just say, God, whatever their need is tonight, let them know that you're your, their helper, that you're with them. You're never going to leave them. You're never going to forsake them. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We need you tonight. <clears throat> Let the power of your spirit move in this place, oh God. Let it move in this place, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. I must tell Jesus
Amen. Before you're dismissed, we do want to, I want to read one last portion of Scripture, and then I have a special prayer request. It said, For the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed or disappointed. Amen. I will not set your face like a flint. Determine that you're just going to live for the Lord and give your whole life over to him, that you're going to relinquish this old will. Amen. <clears throat> and the other thing before we were dismissed, in Tupelo they're having a, they're going to be putting a roof on one of the children's mansions there. It's an orphanage there. And they were wondering if there was anyone that might be interested to go up there and help them to put on the roof. Um, it's in Tupelo. I think it starts Monday. So if you're interested in that, you can see me after service. Amen. Um, a young man that helps during winds, he plays the guitar up here. His name's Andy Ferguson. And uh, he um, is in the hospital. It's been over Facebook that he's in desperate need of a healing touch. Not sure, we're not sure what the situation is, but we know it's, it was immediate and something that's just come up. So let's, uh, in dismissing, I wonder if we could pray for Andy Ferguson. Amen. Jesus, we love you. We pray for Andy Ferguson right now. God, you know all things we don't understand, but, oh, Lord, you're our helper. God, we believe in you. We trust in you. And, God, we're asking that you would just help us. Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, reach into that hospital room, heal his body. It's for the glory of God. Manifest your works in these days, oh God. He's your child, oh Lord, the sheep of your pasture. Oh God, we love you, Lord. We believe in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We lift up our na the name of Aunt Andy tonight, oh God, and just ask that you'll touch him. God, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We plead the blood of Calvary. It's by your stripes that we are healed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We call upon the name that's above every name. We stand upon your word. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen. God bless you. Love you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Amen.